Greetings out there in podcast land. You're listening to the OK Pop Radio Hour with your hosts, Meg Webb and Blake Ewing. there you are listening to the OK Pop Radio Hour. My name is Meg Webb and I'm one of your hosts and I'm here with the other host, Blake Ewing. Say hi Blake. The other host. The other host. How I will like the other sister. Forever be known as just the other host. <laughs> here uh, we are, episode six, man. Episode six. This Who is knew? big time. They said we wouldn't make it past episode three. They said it never last. <laughs> Um, then the corona came, and literally the only thing we can do for work is, <laughs> is make, podcasts. make these podcasts. That's right. Yep. Um, Blake, how have you been doing? Well, you know, I'm holding up, Meg. I've, my, uh, You might have noticed that my beard is now a foot and a half long. I didn't want to say anything, but... Yeah, I've been. that's what I've been working on doing this. It's a little bit of a Rasputin situation you've got going on. I think more of a Tom Hanks from Castaway is what I've... <laughs> Uh, you know, I've befriended some sporting equipment uh-huh. and um, I just sit around talking to my balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear to God, we're not drinking when we make this podcast. Oh, God. That's, <sighs> that's probably going to be the one. That comment right there is yep. probably going to be the one. And fired. If it doesn't get me fired, it'll at least get me a text message from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. I'm um, uh, sure I'll be hearing from mine as well. <laughs> what have we become? 12-year-old boys. 12-year-olds. Oh, I have been living in a house with too many of those jokes. Um, my my sons have taught my daughter, who's two, to say all kinds of amazing things. When she gets a diaper change now, every single time, mm-hmm. she yells before I'm done, I want to see the turd. Wow. <laughs> so I have to show it to her. She wants to see her handiwork before I... <laughs> Before I, uh, these are special times we're living in. <laughs> that's what my, that's what my thirteen-year-old son has taught my two-year-old daughter. That she needs to see it before. Yeah, I had an older brother. I'm very familiar with older brothers making you do dumb stuff. Pretty funny, the things that she says. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. My wife's worried that we're going to send her back to daycare with, you know, a series of catchphrases and. There's there's a some sort of little YouTube clip of Michael Jordan saying, "Stop it, get some help." Right. Have you seen this? Yeah. Is that from like the anti-drug? Yeah. 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 So Andy constantly says, "Stop it, get some help to the dogs." Oh, I love it. It's the greatest. That's pretty cute. Yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, all right, so we got a pretty good show here today, Meg. We got a great show. One of the best shows of all time. I think it's up there. We're going to start it off with an OK Pop Radio Hour music beat with our good buddy Jared. Yay! Always a hit. Jared's the best. He's the best. We really should just hand over the show to Jared and just let him talk to to our audience for an hour a week. The sweet, sweet tones of old Jared Gallagher. And he, he does have a sultry, sweet voice. He really does. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and then, and then we also have a special guest this week on the podcast. This is crazy! I cannot believe we got this guest. We got a great guest. Meg worked her magic on the Twitter, on the Twitter, and procured an interview with Hollywood superstar, as I call him, Ken Marino. Ken Marino. That's right. So uh, buckle up, there, podcast fans, and uh, enjoy the ride because we're gonna we're gonna dip our 
ourselves into this interview. Dip ourselves into the interview? I was gonna, you know, from the state. Oh, uh, you're making you're making inappropriate references. Yeah. Well Meg, I I didn't I, do it. It's from the show the state. I really think we should clean this up. Okay. Let's keep it clean. This is a PG show. This is for the kids. We want people to be able to listen to this with their children. <laughs> All right. So uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the OK Pop Radio, our music beat with Jared. It's time for an OK Pop Radio, our music beat with Jared. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are with yet another OK Pop music beat with Jared. Yet another. So excited. How to many here. is this? these music beats? It's like the 35th one. Oh, my gosh. It's easily the best segment that we do here at the... What gift do you get okay. for your 35th? Uh, that's the Styrofoam uh, holiday. Oh, okay. oh, that's nice. Something out of Styrofoam. The Styrofoam anniversary. I've got yeah. just the thing. You tell. I can't tell the listeners. <laughs> uh, it would spoil it. Yeah. Got a sp- I've been working on a really ornate Styrofoam sculpture here during the COVID are so thoughtful. Yeah, just for you. <laughs> Is it's, it a- it's Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. It's a bust of Paul McCartney <laughs> in styrofoam. <laughs> Eating a root vegetable. Or that's something. what he does. Yeah. Eating a carrot. <laughs> oh, that's, that's um, good. So this particular music beat, is I think it's kind of got two meanings to it. What are the meanings, Meg? Well, it's weather related, correct? It's correct. All, all about the rain. And yes. I think that that has to do with something as literal as, you know, the rain. It's April, rainy weather season. Rainy April season. showers bring May flowers. But I it. also think that these are like, you know, thinking about rain and darkness is also a little nod to the COVID-19. It is. It's uh, because it's raining in my heart. <laughs> and you guys have gotten really philosophical. Ugh. Right off the bat. Too. Yeah. It's also important to note that the uh, Oscar winning movie Rain Man mm-hmm. was partially filmed in Oklahoma. It was. It, oh, yeah. That's right. I forget. Tying all these things together. Look at that full circle moment. That oh, is a full beautiful. circle moment. All right. Well, let's get let's this thing in. kicked off. Yes. Uh, much to our surprise, Jared has included a song from uh, a little band called the Electric Light Orchestra. I think I might like them a lot. <laughs> uh, this song's called Summer and Lightning. Where? Ni- 1977. Where are they on your top list of bands? Uh, in my top two. They're in your top two. They are. Wow. I like I it. I love them so. The album cover on this one's fantastic also. Yeah. Out of the Blue is a great album cover. This is their best album, I think. It's a double album. And this is actually not a single, so you kind of have to be an ELO fan to know this song. It's, a, it's, deep a, deep, cut. it's a deep cut. But it's the song that comes right before Mr. Blue Sky on side three. So this album, I feel like you have to listen to with really good headphones. Uh, this is such headphone candy. This Headphone, probably like you need to get at least a couple glasses of wine in you and yep. just be ready to like lose your mind at how beautiful this thing is. Why does everything that you do include a couple of glasses of wine? <laughs> <laughs> Um, gosh. Do we need to talk about this later? We probably should. I'm the COVID. It's, I don't I'm know how many on the COVID. I don't know how many things. When Meg gives her a little list of instructions, it's like step one: pour a glass of wine. <laughs> step two: like no matter what it is. I have noticed that my glasses at home keep getting like bigger and bigger. <laughs> Amazing. It's a gorgeous song. The whole record's gorgeous, and that's just one more gorgeous song from them. Song number 10 of our 11-song rain list. Fool in the Rain, Led Zeppelin, 1979. 
As a drummer, I, of course, love this band and this song because it's got a great samba breakdown in the middle. And interestingly, the song is actually in 12-8 time. So all, all the us, best songs are in 12-8 time. All those music nerds love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like this song. Do you like this song? I love this song. It's like eight minutes long, but... We're going to play the entire eight minutes right now. <laughs> I like kidding. that this song, if you didn't tell me it was like the late 70s, like you can hear it. It's kind of got like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just got that kind of late 70s it feels groove 70s to it. 70s brown. Yeah. Well, well said. Yep. So, Too so much the, wine. <laughs> they got the idea for this song's rhythm from watching uh, the World Cup. And I guess it was taking place in Brazil or something that year. And so they were hearing all kinds of interesting polyrhythmic music and thought, we should do that. We're Led Zeppelin. We can do anything. B.J. Thomas, 1969. Oklahoma. That's right. There's an Oklahoma tie-in. He was born in Oklahoma, left before he remembered being here, and never returned. We still count him as an Oki. That's He's right, ours. Sure do. What movie is this in? Well, this is from... Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, of course. That's right. Uh, our listening audience might not know that Meg is a is a huge Paul Newman fan. For real. And not just because of the spaghetti sauce. <laughs> I mean, it's great. But I am a fan of Paul Newman, the actor. She thinks he's a perfect man. I do. Isn't he, though? I, I think, don't know. I think he he's might be. I'm a little fan. more team Robert Redford, I think. No, no, no. Paul Newman one time was on Letterman and said that he, as a retired actor, or an actor who did make films very often anymore, uh, was like kind of living on uh, some beer that he made and had brewed in his bathtub and stove popcorn. Popcorn he made cooking on the stove. Well, and I, that was what up. sealed the deal for that's me. That's the perfect oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Can't get better than that. This song took seven takes to record because Burt Bacharach said the first six were no good. Really? When the songwriter's in the room with you saying no, you have to listen. So. Yep. Uh, who's who's Burt nailed it on the seventh. Uh, all right. All right. Next song. All right. Nice job. Mm. This is an incredibly sad song, and it's got a really sad story behind it, actually. Oh, let's hear it. Tell us. I think what uh, we all need right now is to be yeah. more depressed. Well, this will get Bring you there. Bring us down, Jared. Uh, so the song is clearly about a man whose significant other has left him, and he's wishing it would rain so he could go outside and no one would know that he was crying. Because, you know, a man's not supposed to cry. At least in the 60s, they were So they say. It was uh, written by Motown staff writer Roger Penzabin. And, uh, well, he based the song on personal experience because his wife had left him. What'd he do? And... The really sad part is that a week after this song was released, he killed himself. Oh, God. oh dear Lord. All right. Yeah. I was trying to make a joke, wait, wait, wait. and then you took it there. Can, can it get more depressing? Is there? And then the volcano went off and killed everyone. Oy. Can't really get more sad than that. Ah, super sad. Well, thanks for including this one on your list. <laughs> <laughs> beyond that, it's a fantastic song. It's gorgeous. I was listening to this yesterday, and I don't know if I've, I'd ever heard this one before. Really? Yeah. Well, it's a classic, Meg. It's excellent. I really enjoyed it. This is what we do here at the OK Pop Radio Hour is expose people to new things that they've never heard before. That's right. Take songs you always liked and make you really depressed. And ruin them. them. Yeah. 
Yes, The Alarm from 1987. This is Rain in the Summertime. I love this song. I like the galloping gait of the drums. Mm-hmm. I like how when the chorus hits, it really opens up. Kind of like you 2 they had a reputation for really, really big songs with a lot of emotion and heart and really great lyrics. And this is one of those songs. It's a feel-good song to kind of pull you out of the depression I put you in. Yeah, thank you for that. Like you 2 do they have a reputation for inspiring an army of obnoxious fanboys? Follow them all over the world, going to their concerts and then annoying all their friends with stories that they don't want to hear? I have no idea what you're talking about. Huh. Um, our fearless leader is a huge fan of you too, so you're gonna get a now, lecture for that one. He told me he wasn't that big of a fan. He's lying. He's not, not true. <laughs> All right. Any little depressing anecdotes you'd like to share, Jared, or can we move along to the next song? Let's it move is. on. We haven't got to the chorus yet, but we can move uh, on. I know. We're- uh, I think we want to hear the chorus open up on us. Yes. Since I included it in my yeah, now we have to, to hear myself. it. We can't they leave are the people very, wanting. Like you too, white. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, it's almost here. Where are they from? Uh, Wales, actually. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's good. There's the opening opening up well it just makes me feel good I love yeah. this song it makes me I feel good it. it makes me feel like becoming an activist I want to donate to charity and save the environment all of a sudden adopt a seal yeah all right all right love it. all right we've heard enough <laughs> we've heard enough <laughs> and done hmm Russell. It's Leon. Master of Time and Space. 1971. Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Good call. Obviously, this is originally by Bob Dylan. But I love how Leon takes Dylan's like really spare, plaintive folk song, which is like all about war and suffering, and kind of turns it into a groove-based rock song. I love it. But kind of still manages to like you know, retain all the power of the original version, so... I like it better than Dylan's version. Have you ever heard someone say they prefer Dylan's version of any song ever? Dangerous territory you're you're walking (laughs) in there. (laughs) I see that line you're walking right up to, and I like it. (laughs) I was just asking a simple question. Are you suggesting Dylan might be? I'm suggesting that Dylan is is a poet and a great writer and has written some of the greatest songs ever but that I don't really care to hear him sing any of them. (laughs) I'm not alone in this. Don't email us. I'm just waiting for lightning to strike here in the studio. I know. Whatever. Think of all the hate mail. Just call it like it is. He's a good writer. Nobody's arguing that. I think one of the greatest things Bob Dylan ever produced Mm -hmm. is Jacob Dylan. Uh, Of the Wallflowers. One of my favorite bands of all time. I love Jacob Dylan. I know. All right. Next up. It's a good one. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, Uncle Leon. It's nice when you can include a Leon Russell song on the playlist, like the obligatory Leon Russell song, but it actually deserves to be there. What are you saying? I'm saying (laughs) we're not just sticking him on the top ten list just because. 
Like his songs are great. They are fantastic. Okay, here we go. The longer he's gone, the more I like catch myself. I, yeah, I don't know. It's like I love him so much more year after year. Hear the rain? Mm-hmm. This makes me want to sleep, Jared. Meg just fell asleep. You never sleep to the doors. You have weird dreams if you do. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> I think you can, but it's a, it's a game. Riders on the Storm from 1971. One of my absolute favorite Doors songs. It's also one of their last singles. It's really moody and atmospheric and slightly foreboding. In other words, everything you want a door song to be. Like you just described At every door song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so according to uh, Robbie Krieger, the guitarist, um, this song was inspired by Ghost Riders in the Sky. Oh, yeah. I can remember. But then like uh, Jim Morrison came in and put the lyrics to it, and uh, portions of the lyrics are actually inspired by spree killer Billy Cook, who killed six people while hitchhiking to California. Yeah. Just to bring it down a little bit. Like you do. It, it's been a while since we've had any real depressing anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that this has been a dark... <laughs> this is the darkest music beat of all time. I blame COVID. <laughs> uh, got any just, Charlie Manson? And Satan. I blame Satan, too. Picture Jared over at his <laughs> place, like, sitting in the dark, putting this playlist together. <laughs> Uh, hey Blake. One light on, smoking a cigarette. I'm starting to get worried about Jared. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, at the end of this podcast, we'll provide a one eight hundred number. Should you need to call someone? I got it all under control. Uh, all right, here we go. Next up. Next up. R.E.M. South Central Rain, 1984. I love R.E.M. so much. I do too. I miss them. Me too. Come back, R.E.M. Uh, Michael's been doing a lot of stuff on the social media lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. His voice still sounds great. By great, do you mean kind of whiny? Oh, no, no. I just don't like the late 80s, early 90s flakes. I like it fine. I just don't. Why do you hate things that are beautiful? I don't hate it. This was R.E.M.'s second single to chart on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, so it kind of marked their early rise to prominence. That chorus, the I'm sorry, it's incredibly simple and it gives me chills every time. I love the chorus of this song. Yeah, that's good. They uh, performed this song on Late Night with David Letterman before they'd even titled it. It's just a new song back in 1983. You can find that on YouTube, by the way. It's worth finding. Yes, the Beatles, predictably. With Rain from 1966. Sued so hard for playing this, but so good. So now this was recorded as a B-side to Paperback Writer. And it's one of those times when a Beatles B-side was every bit as good or maybe actually even a little better than the A-side. Which just goes to show how much they rule. If you keep saying nice stuff about them, maybe they won't sue us. <laughs> Yoko's coming after us. Yoko. Oh, Paul and I are friends. We're good. Yeah. Now, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. 
Uh, yeah. So that earlier you asked where ELO was on my list? Yeah. They were at number two. and To the Beatles. Beatles are number one. Yeah. So this song uh, marks the first time a backward vocal is used in a song. And it's also one of the very first songs ever to have a promotional film made for it, like a precursor to MTV. All right. On that note. On that note. Fine. Moving on. How dare you, Blake? I was just really starting to get into that. Uh, I feel good already. Why does it always rain on me, Travis, 1999? I love this particular kind of beat like this. Very Brit poppy. Mid-tempo, laid-back groove. I feel like Jared's taking us on a journey today. We're high, then we're low, then we're high, then we're low. Now we're in Scotland. I loved this song when it came out. So did I. It uh, blew my doors off, actually. What year was this? Early 2000s, right? Uh, 1999 when this song came out. Was it 99? Yeah. I probably didn't discover it until the early 2000s, but it's so good. Lush, gorgeous. This chorus gets stuck in my head for days and days. You know who I really liked in the late 90s? Kind of a similar, a little bit of a similar sound. Robbie Williams. Yeah, Robbie Williams. I still just like to put that record on and... No, I don't. Get in the bathtub and... (laughs) Pour a glass of wine. Pour a glass of wine and listen to some Robbie Williams. Oh, yeah. Uh, this song is perfect for any time you feel like the world's beating up on you. I think. Is that what, how you feel right now, Jer? Yeah. Yeah. It's Me raining too. in my heart. I told you. It's raining in all our hearts right now. <laughs> so Fran Healy, the lead singer, wrote this song when he was on vacation. He wanted to go somewhere sunny because in Scotland it always rained. So he went to Israel, to a place that's known to be hot all the time, even in the winter. And as soon as he got there, it started raining. So he decided wow. to write these lyrics right here. Oh, that was good timing. It was really good timing. I love it. Is it because when I lied when I was 17? You know, Is he deep, Catholic? Some deep-seated guilt there working. <laughs> All right. Next up. Last song on the list. Or this is number one. Or first. How are you going to look at it? This is the number one song on Jared's OK Pop Radio Hour Music Beat playlist. You cannot go wrong with Singing in the Rain, Gene Kelly, 1952. I honestly think this is one of the best pop songs ever written. Ever. Yeah. And you end it on a positive note, which I appreciate. I had to bring you out of it somehow. Yeah. I couldn't, like, open an umbrella as a little kid without, like, singing this song. <laughs> I'm with you, Meg. I agree. And it's got one of the longest intros ever. Apparently. You're supposed to be dancing in this part. We'll get there. Sashaying lis- through the streets. What our listening audience doesn't know right now is that we are... Twirling about. <laughs> Just all twirling our umbrellas. Strong lyrics here. Swinging from streetlights. Splashing in puddles. When this finally gets to the uh, actual song, it's going to be amazing. 
Here it comes. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feel, and I'm Love this song. happy again. All right, Jared. I'm laughing. Got to tell you a few facts about this. Yes, I want to hear them. It was actually written in 1929 by songwriter Nick Lucas. And he wrote this song one week after recording what would be his biggest hit ever, which is Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Really? Truly. Never heard of it. Come on with a rain. Of course, that song was later recorded by Tiny Tim in the 60s. Yes, it was. The fever dream that was, Tiny Tim. So, uh, everybody's hopefully social distancing right now. Sitting at home, just listening to podcasts. Drinking a glass of wine. And Jared Gallagher has taken our listeners on a journey through serial killing and suicide. And now we end on singing in the rain. In a happy place. In a happy place. This is all really just a big song cycle about therapy. It is. Thank you, sir, for stopping by. We look forward to uh, catching up with you again and, and going to work again one of these days. <laughs> I think it's time. You're so optimistic. Yeah, one of these days. I hear they're going to open the economy back. That's what they say. I think it's a myth. Yeah. I think we're going to be cave dwellers for the rest of our <laughs> lives. Could be. A myth like that Bob Dylan has a good voice? See, I, I brought that around full anyone, circle. Did anyone say that he did? Uh, that's what I'm... <laughs> okay. You're Such dangerous oh turf. Oh, my gosh. What? I'm worried about you now. I, okay. Look both ways where you go to your you, car tonight. You better. I have no problem facing down anyone who says Bob Dylan has a good voice. <laughs> I don't care. Bring it on. <laughs> I would invite... I would invite anyone who thinks Bob Dylan has a good voice to come join me on the OK Pop Radio Hour. We will dedicate a full segment to me schooling you on why Bob Dylan's voice is trash. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson loves Bob Dylan's voice. Okay. Wait, what? Seriously? I don't know, I'm just making it up. Oh, okay. I bought it. I didn't, I didn't mean a fist fight. <laughs> Jeez. I get it now. I went there. Uh, I went there. I'm did, in a dark place. Jared just... <laughs> Can't get out of his dark place. Wants to see me beaten to a bloody pulp by The Rock. In a, in a principled fight over whether or not Bob Dylan's voice is pleasing to the ear. We all know it's not. All right. With this music as a backdrop. Preferably. Until next time. <laughs> this has been uh, the OK Pop Radio Hour Music Beat with Jared. Go be happy. Go be happy. Podcast fans, start the clock. It's time for an OK Pop 60 second life story.
Joy Harjo, born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and member of the Muscogee Creek Nation, is a noted poet, writer, musician, vocalist, academic, and activist. She initially started writing around the time of the Native American Renaissance, which began in 1969 when Inscott Mamaday, a Kiowa novelist and poet, won the Pulitzer Prize in fiction and spurred a wider public interest in Native art and culture. She is an important figure in the second wave of the literary Native American Renaissance. Her work draws on First Nation storytelling and histories, feminism, social justice, and identity. Harjo's many honors include the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Native Writers Circle of the Americas, the Josephine Mills Poetry Award, the Wallace Stevens Award from the Academy of American Poets, the William Carlos Williams Award from the Poetry Society of America, and the American Indian Distinguished Achievement in the Arts Award. In 2019, she was the first Native American to be awarded the designation of U.S. Poet Laureate. She has released five albums of award-winning original music. Harjo has also been performing her one-woman show, Wings of Night Sky, Wings of Morning Light, since 2009 and is currently at work on a musical play. Harjo is the author of nine books of poetry and two award-winning children's books. She's taught at numerous universities and is an avid activist and advocate for women and Native Americans. All right, thanks for joining us. Uh, here we are again talking to uh, a friend on the phone because that's what we do these days. We've got a Hollywood superstar, Ken Marino, who is an American actor, comedian, director, and screenwriter known for movies like Wanderlust, The Ten, Children's Hospital. Uh, he founded and starred in, for you, uh, what are we, Gen Xers, Old Millennials? MTV sketch comedy series, The State, which I love. Only the best show ever. And starred in the cult classic Wet Hot American Summer. And all of these, what do you call them, the subsequent iterations. Uh, he's also starred in television shows like Party Down, Marry Me, which I loved, and Burning Love, which he also wrote, co-wrote. Am I right, Ken? Uh, oh, am I, allowed to am I allowed to talk yet? Yeah, no, for no, sure. No, no, no more, no talking. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, of course you. Were. I, I thought you said there was like an intro, and then they're like. Well, it was an intro, and then right. I wanted to make and sure. Welcome, and welcome, Ken. And here uh, he is. Oh yeah, Ken uh, Marino. I, I actually, hello, hello. <laughs> sorry, I, I, sorry, I snorted out my nose when you said Hollywood superstar. <laughs> um, but, um, but uh, no, I did not write Burning Love. Actually, my wife uh, wrote burning love it's her baby she created it and then i starred in it and directed it i guess i had a it's question so that's why i asked in the middle of i meant to fact check myself before i uh put the period on the end of that sentence but uh this is, th you, you, have a question? That you, you have a question oh that was just uh, the question just wanted to make sure that i got the oh. credit right on burning love i knew there was some yeah yeah thing so uh thanks for clearing that up you also played uh okay. captain stintley on brooklyn 99 which is my Blake's favorite show. Meg harasses me about it sometimes, but I love it. Um, yeah, that's a good show too, man. I've been very lucky. I've been, you know, I've been uh, lucky enough to uh, do a lot of fun shows where I get a lot of fun parts to play. Sure. For sure. I think it's because you must be a super nice guy. Because I have this theory that you don't work if you suck as a human, and your IMDb list is so deep. Like we were like, what do we even talk about? He's literally been a part of just about everything in the last twenty years. <laughs> Um, well, it's certainly not because I'm talented. It's probably because I'm just very, just very nice. To just people. a friendly person. No, I, I, no, you know what I mean, though. No. Like, I think there's no, really no, talented I'm, people I'm, who I'm don't kidding. work because they're just I'm, jerks. No, I'm, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I think it is an important part. I've always found, I've always tried to be uh, a good person and, and uh, try to put out good vibes when I work with people. Uh, because I think there is something to be said about, uh, you know, um, people want to work with people they want to enjoy hanging around. And if you're an asshole, uh, sooner or later, that's going to come back and, and bite you in the ass. And uh, I try not to be an asshole. Yay. Well, it's working. <laughs> I keep telling that to my coworkers. 
<laughs> ah, I see just, what you did there. Just reminding them, nobody wants to work oh, with, to work um, we all want to be around friendly people. Oh, Lord. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so th thanks for joining us, first of all. We and didn't have to do this. It's an interesting way of uh, how this came about. So, uh, if Meg, you want to you tell the story about how you yeah, Kit, lured Kit Ken Marino is, into our show? I don't know if this is brilliant or insane. It sounds like from talking to you that it's been really actually amazing. But Ken offered to call people right now during the coronavirus to just call random people on the phone and talk to him. And so on when, the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Twitters. And when I saw it, I was like, we have to talk to him. And I, I uh, sent him a message and he messaged back like pretty dang quickly. And so then it's been like two days of trying to get this call scheduled. But here we are. Crazy. And people say nothing good happens on Twitter, Ken. Um, well, there, this is an example of that not being true. Those people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking a little bit earlier when we, before we started this episode about um, just all the cool people you've had a chance to talk to out of all of the phone calls you've been making and you're still doing it, right? Like how long do you plan on doing this? Um, I, I think that, I mean, I, I'm taking a day, day, day to day, but um, I, I think I'm going to, you know, do, do it uh until, um, I don't know, nobody wants to talk anymore. <laughs> I, I, like, it's just, or, you know, it's, like, I just, it's, for me, it's, it's, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying meeting people on, on the phone and talking to them. And so, you know, I, 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 I got to get some work done outside of this. I got to read some scripts and I got some meetings and stuff like that. But like, you know, I can't, I, I, the show I was acting in got, um, uh, um, shut down and i don't know when that's gonna you know go back into production right and uh and you know uh, as, as long as i get the work i have to get done done during the day and as long as i'm you know spending quality time with my kids during the day uh you know whatever hours i have left uh uh I'm going to, I'm going to try to call as many people as possible. I, I, I don't know when that's going to, I think it's I don't awesome. know when that's going to stop, but I'm enjoying it now. Keep doing it. What's the coolest phone call you've made so far that was just like, whoa, I can't believe how that went. I, you know, I, they're all really nice. I mean, you know, there wasn't, there's not, there's nothing that's like, like, um, so outrageous or so, you know, there, there's, I've, I've spoken to a number of people who have, family members who are, uh, nurses or, you know, um, who are, uh, doctors and who are on the front line. Yeah. And that's the stuff. That's when I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's, you know, that's, th those are the real conversations. Like my sister is a physical therapist and she deals with, uh, she's got to go to, you know, uh, elderly people's homes and help, you know, um, help them, uh, with uh, you know through physical therapy and, right. and like right now I'm worried about her and I'm worried about my parents. It's like the conversations that are most interesting to me are the ones that where people are just kind of opening up and talking about like where they're at, where their heads at, and and you know. Um, uh, so there, there was there's there's not been like a crazy conversation. They've all been just really, you know, quite 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 wonderful and and um pleasant conversations you know what i mean i think it's awesome and i also think um there's so much humanity going on right now in the middle of all of this um in a good way and because these are weird times on a lot of, on a lot of levels and so just to yep. see um the you know people's humanity right now in all of this is 
um, you know, makes makes the days go by a little quicker and a little happier. I mean, look, I just wanted to, I said this to you, I think before we started the interview, but I, all I want to do is like, just kind of put out good vibes. And if, um, if like talking to people on the phone, like makes somebody happy, like uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to do that. And it's certainly, you know, um, a nice feeling for me too. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying calling people and talking to them and, um, it seems like the feeling is mutual for the most part. I haven't, I haven't come across anybody who's like, uh, pranked me and then like, just like, you know, you know, just start. Screw you, Ken Marino. For my, for my, for my, for my aggressive political views on Twitter. Right, right, right. That would be so messed up if they did though, right? Yeah. Uh, this, this guy agreed <laughs> to mean, call it, us. It, Let's it, mess it, with him. <laughs> yeah. It would be real easy to hang up. So. Yep. That's true. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that the show you were working on got shut down in the middle of, of all of this stuff. Uh, we yeah. had heard that from some others that we talked to that, that basically the entire entertainment industry just ground to a screeching halt almost instantaneously. And, uh, you know, I think it's, we, we talk a lot around here. What we do all day long is, is try to tell the stories of, uh, of creatives and Oklahoma artists and their impact on the world. And, and it seems like right now, more than ever in the history of the world, we are all looking to the entertainment industry to get us through this. And uh, there's not a conversation had that doesn't have something about what are you watching on Netflix right now, or how you know. We are all turning to to TV and to movies and and to the creative output of our of our world to kind of sustain us through this time. So uh, I want to check in with you as somebody who creates that content. What's, what's your outlook? How do you think we uh, recover from this on the backside? And, and maybe what are you doing to get yourself through being cooped up in the house? I mean, I'm doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. I'm watching, you know, I'm binge watching some shows, catching up on shows I haven't seen. What are you watching? Uh, well, we just, uh, my son and I just started Lost last night. I remember the, I remember the first season of Lost being fantastic. And, and then the, you know, uh, the, the seasons that followed being okay. And, and then, I, and then I sort of peter, I petered off, uh, about four or five seasons in. Uh, so I never saw the end of it, but, um, I remember the first, you know, two or three seasons being exciting and, and being really kind of, uh, 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 really into it. And so, uh, we started watching that, uh, my son just started watching community, which, you know, I was like, Oh, we got to start watching community. Um, my son, uh, had watched, uh, 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 Rick and Morty and, uh, I've been saying I want to watch that with him. So I, you know, I caught up on all those, uh, which has been fantastic. And I'm just, you know, I'm watching, uh, you know, and do whatever else is do. As far as like what, what, you know, what the end game is and like how, how's the entertainment industry going to, you know, what, what, what are they going to do? I have no idea. I think there's going to be a lot of screenplays written when, uh, when we all, you know, come out. Uh, come out of this um, probably too many about right. uh, coronavirus but uh, you know I think I think there'll be uh, hopefully people are trying to be creative it's, mm-hmm. it's a tough environment to be creative I was talking to somebody about that uh, about that a little earlier because you know you have this cloud over your head of like oh my god you know is the world coming to an end is this a slow motion zombie movie that we're living in um, is this an invisible zombie movie and, uh, but if you can kind of get outside of that cloud and stay focused on being productive and creative, 
you know, it's, 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 uh, it, it, it could be ideal if you can kind of escape like the, uh, the doom and gloom of what's going on. And, uh, you, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can compartmentalize and, uh, and, 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 and focus on your creativity, you know, a lot can get done right now because, you know, we can't do anything else. It's weird how we kind of settle into a new normal. Maybe the first few weeks of this were an adjustment period, but it kind of just kind of that cloud you're talking about kind of just lightens up. I think a little bit for some of us as we start day by day grooving into a new routine. And uh, that's what I'm hoping too, is that the flood of creativity that comes out of this will be, I think it's something unprecedented could happen. So fingers yeah, crossed. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I think some great songs will be written. I think some good screenplay, you know, scripts will be written. I think, you know, some people will do some beautiful like uh, artwork, painting, sculptures. I mean, shit's going to get done. But, um, you know, I don't want to lessen or, 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 or pretend that like, there aren't that much that that's for the people who like are okay for a while right um struggling a little bit maybe but like getting by and not worrying about what's like in their refrigerator for the next week i'm concerned and worried about um the people who can't do that the people who are like well well, fuck that i can't write anything or do anything you know creative uh you know actor guy uh, you know, I have to somehow feed my family and I don't have any money. And that, like, that's the stuff that's like intense and crazy. And, yeah. you know, um, and, 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 you know, you know, you, you, I mean, we're trying to donate money to different causes and we're trying to do some, you know, like to do what we can do, um, to help out. Um, but, uh, there's some, you know, and this is, there's, there's, there's also like a, a big section of this country who, can't create and do those things that I was saying. And I guess that's right. the big cloud right. that I was saying. That's for sure. I just, you just saw me spiral into it. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I mean, like, I don't know what things are like in LA, but here in Oklahoma, um, and I assume it's kind of this way everywhere. Everybody's really kind of rallying around our restaurant workers and our artists and, you know, yeah. doing, doing different things to make sure that they're taken care of um, through fundraising and, and things like that. Um, I imagine, I imagine LA is the same way. Yeah, we're doing the, I mean, we're doing the same here and like, you know, we're donating to restaurants we like, or like, there's like these funds where like, uh, I know, um, my wife had donated to, you know, this, this particular restaurant to, to help them out, uh, to let them, they turned the restaurant into a grocery store and now they're making meals for hospital workers, you know? And so like we donated to that and, you know, it's 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 just a it's just like uh, this uncharted territory of like everybody's trying to figure out how to help, but how to stay sane, how to make sure they're okay while helping out. You know, like and and, and well, you know, make sure they're safe, but they want to help you. You know, it's 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 just a it's a, it's a crazy time for sure. Yeah, I've been inspired a bit by the the restaurant and artist folks around here, how creative they've been at being adaptable. And, um, you know, nobody wishes this on anybody. And, and I think we've all got our fingers crossed for those folks and are trying to figure out how to do our part to, to help them out. And so, um, hopefully this thing ends sooner than later and we can get back to something resembling life before the coronavirus. Yes. But I just would say, I will say just let's all be prepared for this, not to, 
get back to normal for a while and just kind of get in the headspace of that because yeah. that's probably where we're heading. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's not it's looking what great. it's looking like. You keep seeing like more and more stuff getting pushed off to like August now and yeah, the fall. And it's like, you know, that's also the time when they're talking about like another wave of it hitting us again. Crazy. So I'm just trying to uh, be satisfied with streaming television and board games and the occasional just sitting yes. outside and staring at the sky. Cause that's kind of, I will that's say, right. that's right. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but I right right now I may or may not be partaking in an adult beverage while we're having this conversation. This is like nah. something that is like happening a little <laughs> earlier in the day these days because it's like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Do, would you call yeah, this yeah, an yeah, adult yeah. beverage? Uh, yeah, we're, this is, this is, how what, is your adult, what, is, what is your adult beverage of choice? No, if this isn't my adult <laughs> beverage of choice, it's just what I had in the fridge. And so I brought it. It is a natter day. Have, it, you, have you heard of this, Ken? It's a lemon. No. <laughs> Don't judge it's the me. the most Oklahoma thing ever. <laughs> Thank you it's for. It's trash is what it is. You. It's a lemonade beer and it's made by natural light. And it, I swear to God, it's good. Mm. Yep. A lemonade beer. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, hey, whatever gets you through the night, you know what I mean? That's we, right. We talked about day. being adaptable. This is <laughs> this is creative adaptation. These are hard times. Finest. you got to drink what's in the fridge, Ken. Oh. That's right. Adapt and conquer. That's right. You're so, going to conquer that lemonade beer mixture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, episode sponsored by Natural Light. Natural Light. I'm going to oh. end up with all the Natural Light I can drink. <laughs> have you watched The Tiger King? I, I have watched the first two or three episodes now and my wife already watched it so then now we're re-watching it i'm re-watching with her uh but did you see um you're welcome uh, tom lennon do you know who tom lennon is yeah you know tom lennon the actor tom lennon yeah, yeah, yeah. so i was in the state with i was in the state with tom lennon tom lennon are old, uh, old friends and we worked together on a bunch of different things right um and um he did uh, Colbert last night as the uh, what's he said the, the main guy. The oh my god! Guy. I've got oh. I've got and, I taped uh, it and it, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm gonna do that tonight. It is it is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Tom Tom, Tom kills it. He's and amazing. It's just, it's and it's slightly surreal because it's all there's no audience or laughter, so it's this like quiet like interview between the How two of them. Weird you know, is late via, night right now. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird, but it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see how each show has adapted to this new way of you know the new format of, of putting late night out. It's kind of um, cool. I I'm kind of digging like you know because it's like a family affair for every one of these a late night hosts. You know they've got like their kids handing them stuff and their you know wives are sitting behind screen and um, <laughs> it sort of makes everybody seem sort of a little more approachable i guess like we're, we're literally all yeah, doing yeah. the same thing yeah no tiger yeah. king is um we don't want you to think everyone in oklahoma is like that but um those people do exist <laughs> <laughs> well it's something else it is uh, yeah. it is a trip joe, sure. joe exotic is kind of a treasure so yeah he's a terrible person also <laughs> also a terrible person <laughs> he ran for governor I, I, I guess you probably i don't know if you've watched it far enough he he actually the first time i heard of him is that he ran for governor in our state yeah and so he started oh, putting God. up billboards and stuff of of him <laughs> looking like him with a tiger running for governor that and it's like what kind of a crazy place do we live you know what ken i'm gonna let you in on a little 
Oklahoma knowledge. I hate to say it, but I feel like if he was not in prison right now and ran for governor again, he'd get a substantial portion of the vote. Yeah, sadly. That doesn't su- that doesn't surprise me. Um, there are really strange people all over the world <laughs> and all over this country, and uh, there are really strange people who will do who will vote for really strange uh, people, and uh, that's why we have the uh, <laughs> the people we have right now. Uh, right now. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be the first time. Exactly. It would not be the first yeah. time an unqualified wackadoo got elected. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so uh, we we have a segment here on the show that uh, that we would like to introduce to you and ask you to participate in. It is simply, Let's do it. It is simply called five questions. Okay. And, and this is, you like the clever. Seems, seems pretty straight. Seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. We're going <laughs> to ask I make you. It, can I make a guess on what it is? What, what is it? It's a series of questions. Five questions. Roughly uh-huh. five of them. You know, and you've I picked a good be, title. Uh, and then I... Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. No, go ahead. No, I didn't have any end to that joke. Five questions. Five questions. Uh, Are you ready? You sitting down? Uh, No, give me uh, me about a couple hours. Okay, take some time. All right, here we go. Question number one. We're going to ask you to pick a winner in a virtual wrestling match. Who wins, The Miz or Roddy Roddy Piper? I mean, I think the Miz would win, but I, although, although, you know, I I am a Roddy Roddy Piper fan. I love They Live. I love the, this. It's one of my favorite fight scenes in any movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a really long, awkward alley fight scene that takes that's just weird and slow and awkward and fantastic. <laughs> so I'm going to go Rowdy Rowdy Piper just because I love him in that movie and I love that fight scene that he does. And if you haven't seen it, pull it up. As watch soon as it. as soon as we hang up, we're going to watch it watch here it, yeah. in the studio. Um, but the Miz was your co-star. We'll, we we'll talk about that in a little bit. In a, the Miz was my co-star. The Miz was in uh, the main event uh, coming out April tenth, uh, I believe. I see. Um, and he was fantastic. But uh, you know, I got to kick it old school because I'm an old man. I'm sure Miz will respect your answer. Yeah, and you know, he knows. I, I started off by saying it was probably the Miz. Yeah, he'll be fine with it. Question number two: At the time of his retirement, this NFL quarterback had more than forty single season and career passing records. Yeah. Career passing attempts. Yeah, that would be my. That, yeah. Completions, passing yeah. yards, and touchdown passes. Right, but no, but no super, but no Super Bowl but, ring. But no Super Bowl. Uh, who who is that quarterback? Well, this would be uh, this would be my cousin uh, Dan Marino. That is correct. Is Dan Marino really your cousin? Yeah. No, but no. Uh, but that, that's what I tell. That's what I. That's, that's my go-to answer when people ask me if I'm related to Dan Marino. Okay, I like it. The truth. The truth is the truth. Well, the truth is, is that Marinos are the, the Smith of Italian, so. It's a lot of Marinos running around? Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is riddled with Marinos. Riddled with Marinos. can never have too many Marinos. So my last name is Ewing. When I was a kid, uh, people would, would ask me if I was related to J.R. Ewing all the oh, time really? as a small child. And I would always tell them, no, I'm related to Patrick Ewing. Uh, okay. And I don't even I don't even know that as a child I understood why that was always so hilarious. But I think I, the first time I did it, I got a big laugh, and so that mm-hmm. was just my go-to shtick for most of my works. early childhood. It still holds up. At a certain point, at a at a certain point, you're like, well, probably probably uh, uh, you're you're a white man. That's right? right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, Patrick Ewing is a is a is a is a African American gentleman. 
and and so probably that's why people. Yeah, no, they thought it was hilarious. But at the, I, I think as a six-year-old, I didn't really like, understand the joke that yeah. I was making, but it got a laugh, so I just kept doing it. Uh, question three: True or false? There is a, there is arguably no reason why you you couldn't be related to Patrick. That's exactly right. No, exactly right. right. Um, exactly right. Can I say something about Patrick Ewing? Yes. Can I say something about Patrick Ewing? Do it. So I I grew up in New York. I was a Nick fan during the Patrick Ewing era. And um, he was a fantastic outside shooter, but um, his uh, the reason he couldn't rebound that well is because his, his and that's his, his hands were too small. So he was he was able to uh, shoot really well from the outside, but he wasn't great at rebound. Uh, and um, I I really ups, I'm, I'm very upset that uh, uh, Michael Jordan was a player during the Patrick Ewing era because yeah. uh, he. Uh, he prevented him from getting uh, one ring, and it's upsetting. You how, what, is a how many championships would the Knicks have without Jordan? Three. I think three. Three. So you, you as a Knicks fan, three. then you remember John Starks. John Starks busting and surviving. John Starks uh, uh, single-handedly won uh, game six uh, in, I think it was Houston. Or no, did they go back to Houston? Uh, it, it might have been in New York, and then in Game Seven, uh, he couldn't hit the side of a shot like over thirty um, in a game. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I mean, what are you going to do? You, gotta, you live and die by that guy. That's right. I love John Starks. So John Starks is from here. He's he's a hometown hero in Tulsa. Heart of a lion. Heart of a lion. He was amazing. I got to uh, I got I got to sit sideline at a John Starks celebrity classic when I was a little kid. Oh. When I, oh, I was a teenager. And uh, Charles Oakley was there, and I think Anthony Mason uh, was the there. So all of your face, sure. all those studs from the old Knicks teams came to T Town yep. for a day. All right, yeah. love those old Knicks teams. I anyway, agree with you. Three next championships. Question. Next question: True or false? Yeah, at least two. I think three. At least two. I think three. Forget. True or false? The Blues Brothers movie is a little bit overrated. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Um, you know, the Blues Brothers movie, uh, I would I would disagree that it's overrated. I think it's, uh, it, it, it's well, it's certainly the best Blues Brothers movie. That's true. Um, That's a fact. Uh, and, uh, and I would say that uh, the music alone is fantastic. Thank you. So you got that. So that puts it over the, you know, that puts it above the uh, average movie. And then uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd uh, have some fantastic uh, chemistry and do some great stuff. There's some great, uh, there's some great um, uh, supporting ca- uh, players in there. You got Carrie Fisher playing the uh, psycho ex-girlfriend or ex-wife. You got the uh, Nazis who are chasing them. You got the old rednecks who are chasing them. You got uh, you got the great uh, that the great scene where they're singing in the bar, the people throwing bottles at them and they're so in good. the cage. Um, you know, there's just a lot of good stuff in it. Is it? Is it? You know, is it a? Is it a? Is it the best comedy? Uh, no, it's a flawed, but it's um, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a cocaine, uh, a cocaine uh, 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 dream. Uh, yes, it is cocaine 80, 80s dream. Or maybe uh, it was seventies. That answer is made? correct. Yeah, um, I think it was made in eighty. That's eighty. It's in yeah. the eighties. Yeah. I think it's eighty. Nineteen eighty, right? Yep. Yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah so, Blake, you know, I mean, Blake there's a lot of cocaine and drugs involved, and yeah. So I don't think everybody's like so worried about a, you know, like the most, you know, the the tightest script. No. But um, 
you know, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw that movie away. That is the right answer. Uh, I don't know if it's the right. Answer. I think it was an mm-hmm. accurate answer. I just think that people so love, wait, so wait, love wait, it more than it deserves. It doesn't mean that they, it doesn't deserve some love. It just doesn't deserve the level of love that some people heap on it. Like it's the greatest thing that ever happened. That's yeah. my well, let me personal ask you take. Something. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Uh, you said to me, first of all, you said to me, I don't think it's the right answer. I think it's an accurate answer. <laughs> wouldn't making, wouldn't giving, wouldn't, Giving an accurate answer make it the right answer? Well, yes. here's the thing. I think you said that it wasn't overrated, but then I agreed with everything that you said after that about it being good. But you also right. qualified that it maybe had some flaws. And that's just where I agree with all perfect, of that. It's not a perfect it's not it's not a perfect movie. It's no uh, you know, it's no uh, 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 Groundhog. I mean, uh, yeah, Groundhog Day. It's yeah, that's no, a great movie. Uh, it's no Raising Arizona. Oh God, it's I just no, watched that last weekend. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's no, um, it's no uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's no <laughs> Godfather. It's no, uh, uh, you know, Doctor Strangelove. It's I think you're the is, first person to put a, Raising Arizona and Godfather in the same list. They should be. I mean, they're fantastic. They're, they, I agree. <laughs> they're I mean, they great, belong. They're both, they're both great. They're both great movies. Neither one of them overrated. Um, but I, neither one of them are overrated. Um, I, was, I was trying to think of comedies at first to kind of throw out, but um, but I mean, it's uh, if you look at the other comedies that were made around that time. I bet uh, the Blues Brothers is uh, you know it's one uh, of the better ones. You know, That's a fact. One of the better ones. Actually, 1980, I think, uh, had some pretty uh, uh, wonderful movies. Now, come to think of it, hold on a second. Now I'm going to look up the uh, movies of the 80s. Uh, you know, you know, top top 10 movies of the 80s of 1980. So Meg and I do this segment on the show sometimes called Movie Year Matchup, and uh, we did 1978 versus 1981 a few weeks back. Those were the years that we were born. Uh, Looks. And, uh-huh. and, so 78 and 81? Yeah. yeah. So there were some decent films during that era, but I just think in general there was a certain oh, yeah. cheese level of some of the comedies that were, I think the number one rated yeah. comedy of 1978, what it was, that was uh, the, the Warren Beatty one, Heaven Can Wait. Oh, yeah. Um, Stripes came out the year I was born, and that's all that needs to be wait said. Wait a second, but Heaven Can Wait, Heaven Can, Heaven Can Wait is an unbelievable movie. Stripes is a great movie until the third act, and then the third act is just like a mess. <laughs> a little bit, but um, but but fine. Okay, 1980. I, I take it back. Airplane, yeah, and Caddyshack both came out in 1980. Blues Brothers was uh-huh. so is at least the third best comedy of 1980. <laughs> yes, Nine to Five, Stir Crazy. Oh, love Nine to Five so much. Um, Smokey and the Bandit, Smokey and the Bandit, Private Benjamin. Are these all 1980? Um, 1980. Oh, Popeye. that's a strong year. Uh, I'm just looking up comedies. Um, uh, seems like old times. Little Darlings. Hero at large. Uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie. Oh God, book two. I mean, we, you know, there was some stuff, but yeah, I mean, so of, of the comedies I just named, I would say it's like three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Of that year. And that's a really good year for movies in general. Look at The Shining, oh. Raging oh, yeah. Bull. I know that year. I mean, like, yeah, Raging Bull. I mean, there's some American Gigolo. Oh, ridiculous got, uh, year Altered for movies. States. 
yeah, coal yeah, miner's daughter. Stuff. Underrated Robert Redford film yep. Brew Baker was that year? The Blue Lagoon. Yep. Oh, jeez. Okay. Or, we, yeah. uh, the Elephant Man. You got some good stuff. Coal Flash, miner's daughter. Flash Gordon was that year. Flash Gordon was that year? So I remember Xanadu? one of the earliest movies I remember watching was Flash Gordon. I love it so much to this day. One last note on Flash, 1980. Uh, Somewhere in time. Have oh, you hey, guys, guys seen that? I'm, yeah. Somewhere in time. No, I haven't. I think I did a long time ago, but I don't remember. So I, I, what, what are the other questions? I actually okay. have to run to. Yeah, All right, two, two more, and then we'll wrap it up. These will be quick. Geography. Yeah. Name four states that border Oklahoma. You have 10 seconds. Uh, you got uh, you got uh, California, New York, uh, you got uh, uh, North and South Dakota, and you got Texas. Uh, <laughs> you are correct. That's right. That Texas is one Thank of you. the four. That is great. Okay. Um, as an Italian man, this is question number five. Meatballs. Thank you. Thank you. Meatballs. Best best prepared, baked, fried in olive oil, or cooked right in the sauce. Uh, basically, the best way to make a meatball is you. Uh, you fry them and you brown them uh, in olive oil in a pan, and then uh, you put them directly in the sauce and yes. let them cook in the sauce. That is that correct. correct. That, that is, is correct. correct. But you could, but you could also uh, brown them in the oven, but not all the way through. You just brown them at a high temperature at like 475. Get the brown on them at 450. Get the brown on them depending on the size of them. Uh, without cooking them through, without drying them out or pulling out all the grease, and then you can throw them in the sauce too. But the the, be, the best way, the the, the the TLC way, tender loving care way, is to uh, fry each one in a pan with olive oil, yes. and then cook it in a in a big sauce. That, that is, is so correct. True. You've done well on the five questions. You at least got I don't know a few of them right. So um, thank, thank you. you, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Ken, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward Much to what you've got coming up. Excited, excited for your future, and and hopefully w as the uh, Corona season ends somewhere down the line, um, yeah, you can get back to making us laugh again. Well, uh, I'll do my best, and uh, thank you guys, and uh, I wish you uh, all the, the, the all the safety and uh, love and uh, positivity and uh, uh, that I can give uh, through a phone and. Uh, and just be careful and take care of your loved ones. Thank you. We wish the Thanks same for lot, you, Ken. friend. And that's our show. Thank you to Ken Marino for being amazing and hopping on the phone with us. Yes, very cool. Thank you, Ken. Thank you to Jared Gallagher, our buddy, for joining us for a music beat. Thank you to you, Blake, for putting in so much time and oh, effort wow. into editing this Beast. Thank you, Meg. Thank you to uh, Colby for putting together another amazing OK Pop Radio Hour 60-second life story. Such a good one. Thank yous all around. Um, Absolutely. Thank you to you. Most most importantly, thank you to you for listening. Uh, real quick, if you are on the Internet, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we don't do um, we don't do the Snapchat. But well, we're everywhere else. Why not? Let's get that going. Because we're adults. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then, obviously, you can listen to the OK Pop Radio Hour. Uh, every latest episode and archived episodes on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much everywhere else you can find podcasts. Yep. Technology makes that possible. So subscribe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. we got great ones coming up here in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs>
We do. Most notably, uh, Bill Hader will be joining us next week. He sure will. It's going to be one for the ages. One for the ages. Bye now. We love you. Bye.